0: All right, hello.
1: <laughs> Hi Paul, how's it going? Good
0: did we made it through Expanse.
1: We made it, we are here on night four, the final night of, of Expanse. We've seen as much as we can. Mm-hmm. We, are- we,
0: are, we are, I don't get it, the podcast about dance in Edmonton. And we uh, spent most of Expanse stationed in a, a makeshift blanket fort uh, made out of a tent and blankets in the, the, uh, the Arts Barns Lobby.
1: Yeah, and thanks to all the Expanse people who helped us build that tent mm-hmm. and took the uh, legs off of the, some of the benches in there, so yeah. they built us little mini benches.
0: Yeah, and uh, and made us an on-air sign, which yeah, is cool. Yeah, we kept that.
1: That was all um, the festival production overseers, uh, Shaney Satinov and Julie Ferguson. So
0: nailed it. Thanks, thanks a lot guys. for that, gals. <laughs> um,
1: um, yeah, so it was your first uh, like full-on dance festival, Paul. Yes. How did that? Uh, how do you feel? <laughs>
0: (laughs) I feel good I feel tired not of seeing dance just exhaustion from from a weekend spent doing things Uh, but it was it was good Um, it was interesting to see um, festivals especially locally uh, sort of uh, focused festivals although this one did have a lot of out of 10x but I guess like locally grounded festivals is what I mean Um, is always an an interesting uh, place to see uh, little snippets of sort of the direction the community's going in and sort of the ideas they're playing with, as well as outside ideas. So it's just a good way to sort of get a broad sense of dance, both in Edmonton and in other places. And yeah. in that, it was so, it was, uh, it was, uh, I got that. I got to see those <laughs> things, um, a sense of where, what dance might be like in other places, and as well as some ideas that dancers here are working on and exploring.
1: Yeah, there was there was a really, really kind of broad uh, spectrum of uh, local dancers, as well as a few brought in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that we actually got um, quite an intimate um, intimate knowledge of was uh, the lobby performances.
0: Yes, as we were there in a tent, uh, we did get to see them quite well.
1: Yeah, we literally camped out in, in the lobby. So we, I think we got a little bit more exposure to the lobby performances than, um, than audiences that were just passing through... Between shows um, so I think one of the things that I remember because we did a couple play-by-plays which yep. were really fun yeah I kind of felt that the Olympics primed us well Yeah,
0: super super into commentary at this point in our lives so. yeah
1: absolutely but one of the ones that um, was quite a long-form lobby piece was Tony Olivares in the traveler and I think that um, we both were a little like impressed by it, it and was, wanted to chat about him a little bit more. it
0: was awesome um, is my show Short version. Uh, that was that was where, and he was uh, in the lobby, and he was painting his body with latex paint, white latex paint. I think it was latex. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so he would sort of. It was like a living statue, I guess, is sort of an idea, um, a, a way of framing it, and seeing him sort of. Play with those, and also with this sort of uh, thin um, uh, sheet, this like fabric. Like chiffon,
1: chiffon sort yeah. of fabric, like a tulle almost. It was really um, mm-hmm. matted and netted and stuff, and because he's painting himself all in this white paint that, of course, as it dries, eventually starts to chip off right, as he's moving. And... Oh, it just looked fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it was, it, that was a really cool just uh, installation sort of art piece um, and fascinating to watch. Um, how, how beautiful it was, I guess. Um, not just, uh, and how he would interact with that, that, that piece of fabric and mm-hmm. it would make these sort of incredible pictures that were, uh, to me, reminiscent of the Cree Master Cycle, which is a an, an art <laughs> film um, that was just yeah. But the the sort of gorgeous, striking images of of a body sort of surrounded in this like dreamlike tapestry, like it was sort of coming out of a cloud constantly.
1: Yeah, some of the most stunning visuals of the whole festival were of 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 uh, Tony and the Traveler, and um, also just to see the piece. The vis- a visual piece created like that over two hours that is also being performed uh, live, you know, you could have easily done it as a photo series or a video as well, but just to actually to, to know that he was in the lobby for this entire two hours um, and, and the piece as it progressed really felt like something kind of special to experience. And I do hope that we are able to see it uh, somewhere around Edmonton again.
0: Right. It's not the first time he's done it, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully he will do it again. And there are some photos on our Facebook page, so... Check that out.
1: Check them, peoples.
0: Plug. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Um, let's move on. Uh, right. That was great. That was great, but let's move on.
1: Yeah, so um, beyond the lobby pieces, there were the featured artist pieces, um, and we've heard actually a lot um, from audience feedback. Um, a lot of people that we talked to had lots of good things to say about Deanna Peters' new Raw piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deanna is the artist visiting from Vancouver. She brought three dancers with her, so this was this um, scored improvisation for four female dancers, which just was. A really great throwdown, lots of good movement, great energy, and um, probably some of like the the better um, improvised dance pieces that that I that I've that I've seen in the last while.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you didn't get it It didn't have any drops of energy, despite the fact that it was was improvised. We caught it on the Friday night, was when when we attended, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, just to see these four dancers play off the audience, play off each other, and at times it almost felt. Like it was sort of clown, like the way the way they would sort of make eye contact with the audience, and sort yeah,
1: of, they were really mm-hmm. daring, really aggressive. Actually, they would uh, walk straight up to the audience and then dance backwards, and mm-hmm. um, they had a lot of uh, really interesting kind of um, expression. One of the ones I called her character sort of the prom queen. She was the one who came out in the full big skirt. She had that huge like gaping mouth thing where she almost ate her whole skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just as great. Um, Great piece, and great to see uh, the women being aggressive and not afraid to be kind of like silly or maybe a little bit vulgar. Um, right,
0: and I think all of it read well, um, whether or not you, you you know dance very well. And they were also all dancing to, the, to records that were being played live on stage, which added a, a super cool dynamic um, as well, like when a record would run out and sort of them just letting it sort of circle that groove and sort of this one repetitive sort of... A skipping sound and how that would alter things they were doing. Yeah,
1: that like sort of crackle in the static would just like kind of be another sound of like into itself and it would spawn more movement, which was kind of neat. Yeah, totally. So um, the other featured artist showcase uh, was the one of the pieces, it was a double header actually. So one mm-hmm. of the pieces was called The Box I Came In featuring Pamela Sang as the dancer, which was choreographed by Kenji Takaji. Now he is a German choreographer who used to dance with the Pina Bosch Dance Whoa. Theater in Berlin, mm-hmm. which was uh, when I found that out, I was like, oh that's really cool right um, <laughs> uh, if
0: that if that means nothing to you um, uh, on Netflix right now is a documentary about Pina and and her work and her life and it's it's fascinating and definitely worth worth watching um, I didn't see this program this one you saw
1: yeah yeah so um, I really just wanted to talk about it for a second because I think that um, I've seen Pamela saying it Expanse for two years now I believe she comes up from Calgary to to come perform with us and her style is just phenomenal I I can't, you can't take your eyes off of her while she's performing. Um, as, as a single soloist, um, she has this incredible narrative body and Mm. she, her expressions are just to die for. Like she's, she's really, really, um, engaging in that way. Even though she doesn't actually engage directly with the audience eye contact, she's still a performer that it's really hard to take your eyes off of. And I really appreciate that. Again, I also appreciate, um, the vulnerability in her own performance. This piece was kind of about um, finding your own body and finding your own identity in, like, a new world. Okay. Um, uh, not exactly an immigration story, but maybe more, um, like, uh, I come from a different culture and I'm trying to find my way. Right, adapting. Um. Yeah, and it was uh, It was just um, really, really great to see um, her as an individual, as well as her work with Kenji, obviously, just created something really, um, really neat and interesting, and I was very glad that we got to see that at Expanse. Um, the other uh, side of that double header was called here now now that's a collaboration between um, Reina Waddell who is from Edmonton and mark Shalafu, who is uh, kind of Edmonton's dance photographer he's, he's he's
0: the guy who takes all the good photos he, of dance.
1: he's been he's been around for a while and they did they I was quite um interested to see this piece because a couple of years ago they collab collaborated on a similar piece called synapse which was this really creepy crazy awesome video of of Reina dancing um, in some uh, really like um, overlit hallways. Uh, so right. there was huge contrast and she, it was all actually recorded, I think, backwards. Okay, wow. Not Not recorded backwards, but played backwards. Played backwards, <laughs> <I love laughs> um, you record backwards. So, oh. uh, so yeah, I mean, I, seeing that piece um, and how just kind of like visually um, interesting and stunning it was I, was, I was pretty stoked to see here now. Um, that piece in and of itself that we saw at expanse i'm not too sure it didn't have quite the oomph um and the pizzazz really that synapse did synapse was so stylistic and um um, just kind of shocking, really. Sure. Um, I I still think that there are some pretty good nightmare scenes from it that that stick in my mind. Um, but yeah, this this one here now, I think that it was it was quite milder and gentler, and it didn't didn't really do it for me as much.
0: Okay, I mean. and and do you think that was in terms of of the the movement itself, or sort of the the video the video uh, sort of filmic work as part of
1: it? Um, could have been a combination of it. I uh, I didn't really think that the the video, although the it's broken up into three parts so there's three sort of dances um and three video pieces i think that are meant to score each other basically Mm -hmm. um and i just uh it didn't it didn't feel like they married all that um all that interestingly together um you could tell that they were made for for each other but at the same time i was just i just needed a little bit more a little bit more um pizzazz that's the only word i can think of right now great than.
0: word why why think of any other word
1: yeah um, yeah and then and
0: then today at, at 2 p.m. we also cut the the raw program as opposed to the new raw program um, the raw program being um, the local collection of of works i guess a lot of the local entries into expanse yeah. Uh, sort of four short works being done by, by local companies in town.
1: Yeah, so um, within the piece, there there were four pieces. I guess we can start from the top. Um, it. The first one was called Blue Eyes, Black Hair, which was a collaborative piece created by, um, well, co-conspiracized by, I guess, okay. is, the, is, is what the they were. The game wanted. is afoot. Yeah. A conspiracy. By, uh, Nancy McAleer and Vincent Forcier. Okay. Um, and it featured Ainsley Hilliard, Liam Cody, and Matt Simpson. And it was it was really I, I you know there were I didn't really see a lot of of pure movement in the piece. Mm. It was kind of a lot more towards the narrative and
0: to me for for my two cents, it felt like just sort of very very poetic theater um, as opposed to to dance. And I know this is a movement arts festival and sort of uh, expanding on the idea of what quote dance unquote could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the vibe for me was because the it's it was heavily narrated. Um, and there was absolutely movement um, things in it, but these it seemed more weighted towards the narrative that was going on, which mm. hasn't been something I've, I've seen this series, I guess, this season of us doing this podcast and, and watching dance. This has been one of the most narratively reliant things we've seen. I would yeah,
1: say. it was really um, very text based. It's mm-hmm. um, inspired by a novel, uh, which is the same title, "Blue Eyes, Black Hair," mm-hmm. um, by Marguerite Duras. So the actual text that they were using was just it. It, it was the piece for me. Right, um,
0: and that was it. Was good. It was mm-hmm. interesting and sort of this this story of of. Sort of, I guess, not not necessarily forbidden love, but sort of mm-hmm. maybe love that was sort of censoring itself.
1: Yeah, or this. or it just really unrequited that felt like there was this sort of. Lost. Like he, uh, in the beginning, Matt Simpson's character sees a man with blue eyes and black hair, and throughout the piece, it's like he's trying to find this man again. Um, and he sees Ainsley's character, a woman, who has blue eyes and black hair, and mm-hmm. that's what kind of like spawns this strange romantic relationship between them, um, where she's always reaching for him and he's just out of her reach emotionally. And uh, yeah, I'm. I think the performers are great. Um, all of course like, well, uh, well theatrically trained. And um, yeah, it was it was interesting to see. And it's interesting to see, of course, um, Ainsley Hilliard of the Good Women Dance Collective branching out more and more into the into um, kind of uh, theatrical text theater. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah text based theater too. Um, she also collaborated with Nancy. Um, on Pool No Water, and I think mm-hmm. that that was a really... Which uh, was a, a
0: play at, at Studio uh, Theatre that ran earlier this uh, this year.
1: Yeah. Um, so next up in the Raw Showcase was there was a piece called The Feeling of Not Being Empty. And that was by Tatiana Chaladin. And she, of course, we talked to her a little bit last night. She was the winner of the Good Women New Work Award um, last year. So this piece was the product of that award. Yeah. Um, so it featured three dancers, Anastasia Maywood, Bridget Jessam and Krista Posniak. And um, it was kind of an exploration of sadness. It, it felt a little bit blue. Um, yeah, and- I would
0: say it was sort of, for me, the two, I guess, most emergent moods that came through was sort of this sense of, of comfort, wanting it, and, and finding it, and not finding it. And sort of like a, a more violent, jarring sort of breakdown when I guess it couldn't be found is, mm-hmm. is one way to interpret that. But it was sort of those sorts of repetitive um, ideas sort of butting heads and, and how they interacted
1: yeah they had a lot of uh, she did have a lot of interesting partner work I thought and um, in about the last four minutes of that performance I think I finally felt like I was able to connect with them they had um, there was sort of because there's three dancers they sort of had a triangle and they were doing mm-hmm. they were doing uh, synchronized movements between the two of them and then one would always be just a little bit off and then they would the the other two would kind of start you know and it, yeah, was, that... it was a neat sort of canon mm-hmm. the way that they worked that synchronization there. right that's
0: sort of like mm-hmm. that that in the that power dynamic of three people, one of them sort of always being out was an interesting take on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was the kind of the one part that I thought um, really strengthened strengthened the piece by the end there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I mean of course Tatiana, um, I mean like congratulations to her and she's she's you know, she'll she'll just keep on growing. Right, yeah,
0: good. yeah. And it was a, a yeah, I felt like a yeah
1: yeah so next up in the showcase was a piece called the uprights which was actually directed by um the festival director murray utis and featured allison dicey now this i have heard is part of a much larger piece that's going to be which, happening which
0: would make sense because it, it i think it was the shortest probably of the four and mm-hmm. sort of just gave a uh, a very uh, very small snapshot of this sort of idea although it was really compelling in that that Snapshot, however brief.
1: Yeah, and Allison, I mean, uh, wow, she did. She did most of this piece in floor work. Like there was very little standing at all. It was, the, of course, that was kind of the the uprights. I mean, I guess that's sort of <laughs> yeah. how it culminated at the end. But um, yeah, she had a lot of um, really earthy kind of uh, digging and and like p- sort of planting movements. Right. Um, like
0: sort of mole personish, I yeah. guess. not not to disparage it at all. It was really fantastic to watch. But that was sort of the vibe was this sort of animalistic digging with hands, sort of fear of fear of things going on around bigger things.
1: Yeah, um, and she uh, Allison is also a really great theatrical performer, really great expression on her face. She was telling that story of being afraid to stand up basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a, that was really great um, nice performance. I loved the music in this piece too. It's really tribal sort of like South American kind yeah. of Yeah. Actually, yeah, um, okay, that's mm-hmm. that's
0: an interesting thing. In contemporary dance there's often I've found this year Um, Our reliance on sort of the the string music that's sort of very emotional inherently, Mm -hmm. and we we recognize that. Um, But this one, yeah, had a very different vibe to the sound, and that Mm -hmm. shaped it in an interesting way that sort of gave it its own even before, or not even taking into account the, the movement, it sort of gave it a different vibe, uh, which was interesting to see.
1: Yeah, quite quite enjoyed the sound in that one. And that was the sound designer on The Uprights was Aaron Mochrie.
0: The sound man about town.
1: He is, he is. So um, last up in the Raw showcase was an untitled piece um, by Ainsley Hilliard of The Good Women, which featured, of course, the rest of The Good Women, right. Allison Cause, Alita Nyquist-Schultz, and Kate Stashko.
0: Right, this is a, a piece they're developing for their, their their 2014 season. So it's sort of a a, a preview of things to come, I guess.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think that everyone sort of felt a little bit of a sigh of relief um, when they were just able to laugh because this performance had some quite funny parts in it. Uh, Mm. The very beginning of it was um, uh, Alita and Kate coming out right away and just like, sort of like tilting their heads to this, who's the funniest or who's who's the the smartest? smartest? Who's the
0: smartest? Yeah, yeah, it started there and it was all these sort of, um, I I guess, questions comparing you to the people around you and, and with every answer that they decided was like me, um, they would take a step forward. And if it was her, they would take a step back. And it was sort of the dynamic of watching mm-hmm. those shift, you know, how how often they both thought they were the the smart one, the funny one, the the mm-hmm. et cetera, and and how, and how often they would relinquish that and be like, no, it's her. yeah.
1: well, and as the questions progressed, they sort of the stakes kind of went up, like, who is the most successful? Mm-hmm. You know, who is yeah, it, it it really um there were there were a lot of emotions, I think, that came through in it. and, uh, I I think, you know, just conjecture here, but I I think that maybe there was a little bit of play on – aggression between women and about how there's sort of you know sometimes like a strange competitiveness that we have even among our closest friends as women and it and and the way that you read that as an mm-hmm. audience member as well um if it were guys asking these questions to each other i think it would be a really really different feeling it'd be, way, really bro-ier. It'd be way like more yeah. like
0: football locker room like uh you know just be like bravado but here it's a little more like internal Which, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think affects things more, which they sort of explored and played out. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that was basically the foundation. And then they sort of Mm -hmm. um, found ways to explore that. differently.
1: Yeah, they kept sort of riffing and upping the game on it mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, there was a mic on the stage and then each of them would sort of take the mic and continue with this sort of line of questioning, basically, right. and the others would answer. And then there um, there were a couple of really, really great moments, I thought, where um, where Kate Stashko is um, dancing and Alita and uh, um, Allison were on the microphone doing these questions with yeah. each other and doing like a really just sort of like natural conversational style. Mm-hmm. And Kate is dancing her face off on the rest of the stage and right. just like losing her shit. Right. Every every
0: time, you know, every time it's set up that she's not the the, the <laughs> answer to that question, right? It, uh it sort of affected her a little more, it made her stumble, and then we sort of had this fantastic, very funny, very sad um, breakdown. She would sort of shout, and it was sort of, that moment was one of the highlights of the festival for me, was sort of her just, you know, Dancing and screaming and and well and they were just sort of like so coyly being like who's the funniest? Yeah, who's the funniest? Oh, it's, it's definitely me. And, and it's Alita's not her, like right? me
1: and Kate just is like Wah! like she makes these like barfing noises basically. Super barfing noises. Super, yeah. super fantastic. Um and then the piece sort of like turned a little bit like as funny as as that was to see Kate being like really over the top like uh-huh. that. The it kind of turned on its head. Um then when Alita's when there was that Universal,
0: yeah, when it's sort yeah. of the same setup, but now mm-hmm. Alita was the one dancing. And her her breakdown was less comical and more internal and, A lot and more, dark. like,
1: suffering and and, and sad. And
0: beating and, herself up over not being the answer to these questions in this particular situation. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm really, I mean, I, this is, of course, a work in progress. Really interested <laughs> to see where they take this concept. Um, I totally meant to text Ainsley and ask, where is that piece of text from the one where she's... Um, they say something about um, and he and he prayed that his eyes would be plucked out so that oh his yeah companion there was that quote yeah, yeah and I just out. I was like I need to know where that's from I feel like it's from something I should know so maybe right. we'll have to ask Ainsley about it or Ainsley if you're listening maybe you can tweet it to us <laughs> help us um, one thing
0: I found with this. Um, was especially that um, a lot of dance that I've seen, I think this year and and at this festival, sort of explored one mood very well, or um, it was sort of had like an emotional core that didn't really change. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about this one was it was it wasn't afraid to have fun and then reverse that and sort of find mm-hmm. the ways that these same ideas can be explored in a multitude of moods and Yeah, and there's a little bit more feelings. of a spectrum
1: of exploring that one idea. Right, which mm-hmm. sort of
0: as an audience member. Um, sort of makes you consider it more I think um, which was exciting and also um, here's a thing that we talked about sort of as uh, the RAW program as a whole Mm -hmm. um, was uh, in the festival it was placed purely as matinee shows
1: yeah which was uh, I don't
0: know if I don't, we talked a little bit about I this have before. To, I have to say, I was a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm just going to come right out and say I was a little bit disappointed that the raw program didn't get some of the featured artists' showcase time in the evening performances. Mm-hmm. I think that there was enough audience and the performance were of, per, performances were of a caliber that it should have been included in the main stage in the evenings mm-hmm. as well. Um, because also, like it's it's sometimes it's really hard to catch an afternoon show during the weekend, right right. And yeah, yeah, I, I just feel that I don't know why these performances were only shown on Saturday and Sunday afternoon, right. Uh, and
0: it's not not necessarily to the detriment of any other programming here. no, it's no. just it's just, yeah, interesting that there wasn't that sort of a matinee show and an evening show, especially when the caliber was there, even though it was short works and new works. So um, well, I mean, yeah. it's
1: it's really one of the highlights of the festival. It's one of the largest parts of the program. Right. And I mean, to feature these artists who are our local artists mm-hmm. who are creating here um, and working here, you know, I, I, I feel that they should get the same sort of like primetime billing that the other featured artists do. That's just that's just our I don't get it opinion Boom, there. Great, great.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't get that. Um, <laughs> over overall, Fonda, mm-hmm. would you say um, what does this expanse sort of teach us about dance? What do you think it, the takeaway is on on sort of what people are creating here and afar and how those things are, are different or the same?
1: Well, expanse is a really interesting sort of. Um, I guess I could use the word microcosm. It 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 or it it sort of embodies um, the, the all of the segments of Edmonton's dance population. Sure. And because um, Marie was saying this on the opening night to us that because Expanse started that same year that the Grant and dance program shut down. Mm-hmm. Ten it years has, ago. Yeah, yeah, ten years ago this year it, it it has really been that one forum for dancers who are here to create here and show their stuff um, right. and, and also really get together mm-hmm. once a year too.
0: Yeah, I mean there's, there's a few more now I think with, the, with with the what's cooking sequence of sort of dance and development. Mm-hmm. Although that, that seems particularly geared to indie or brand new.
1: Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so yeah,
0: so this is a still mm-hmm. probably the one of the anchoring ways that the community gets a chance to talk to itself yeah. in a public forum.
1: Well and historically too, I mean like uh What's cooking is, is about a few years old now, but in those first few years after the McEwen program shut down, a lot of dancers left. We expanse was very small. It was presented at the at the Azimuth Theater. It was a forty nine seat um, you know, kind of black box. And now it is a full fledged festival being performed at the Westbury with like four days full of programming. Yeah. And it is um I think it's a testament to um the fact that we want to have dance here and it's great. But I also do think that um As Edmonton artists, you can really see a certain type of aesthetic starting to come out. I feel that Edmonton dances, um, especially as dancers kind of mature, um, you know, like where we sort of are able to see, we've basically been able to see the good women grow up um, after they came back from their professional training. Mm -hmm. Um, They started out here, um, you know, five or so years ago, and they've just been growing ever since. And as they grow, um, there's there's ways that they get kind of more and more theatrical and narrative. And I feel that there's a big influence from um, you know I mean Marie Udes himself in in that kind of the direction that the dance here is going um, you see some older companies like say miles zero dance that are still um, they have their own style and they've been established in that style for mm-hmm. for quite some time and you um, yeah, I would just I would just kind of be curious, more and more curious to see how even now the good women are influencing the younger groups of dancers because the younger dancers all coming up are being mentored by them. Right. So you're kind of seeing this like aesthetic through the ages as it goes. Um and I think that it was most obvious really when um we saw Deanna Peters, who is from Vancouver. Sure. You, yeah. Those Vancouver dancers, like it really felt I was like, wow, They're not really from around here, but they're they're interesting and great to watch and a total treat, but is actually, you know, something quite different.
0: Right. I think that's interesting um, as just sort of like the development of a scene. And it seems like, yeah, this current uh, crop, I guess, or this current scene um, is definitely sort of going in that direction Mm -hmm. um but it will be interesting to see as as people as that sort of becomes the norm if it does how people break away from that like even in that good woman piece it's sort of sort of exploring things in newer different ways yeah Um, Mm Theatrically and dancingly. Theatrically. yeah and it, wasn't, sure. it
1: was it wasn't necessarily using like a solid text. They kind no, of had no. a script to it, but it wasn't as theatrical as say blue eyes, black hair. Um, but yeah, there's this kind of crossover, which I find really neat right. and interesting. Just um, a cool observation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that yeah, as Edmonton dancers, we sort of are kind of like maybe developing that sort of that sort of scene. That's really. the style. That's that's yeah. if the
0: people that want to talk about Edmonton dance, that's gonna be sort of what they Talk about perhaps.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, so that was our first expanse. We oh, had a wow, we had yeah. a pretty good time. Yeah. Um, we want to really sh- give a shout out to um the festival organizers, um, particularly Megan Dart, um, Murray Udis, Shaney Satinov, and Julie Ferguson. You all helped us out so much. And um, it was really great to be there. We had a good time. We hope you guys enjoyed us being mm-hmm. there. Um yeah.
0: What's next for us, Fonda? Oh
1: my goodness, Paul. So, next weekend, we're going to take you to Giselle. Um, pre- being presented by Alberta Ballet, which is the quintessential—well, um, no, not the one—but it's part of that holy trinity of, okay. of classical ballets. It's up there with Swan Lake and The Sleeping Beauty. All right, um, and it is uh, is actually older than the other two. Wow, um, and it is uh, unique in that its choreography has been largely very well preserved from its like initial performances in eighteen the eighteen hundreds. Wow. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, Swan Lake and all those things have changed many times. So Giselle is, Giselle is, like, Giselle way back you know Mm -hmm. how they watched it back then so that'll be cool and then um and that's march 14th and 15th at the jubilee presented by alberta ballet and then march 16th we are going to go see the northwest dance project which is the canadian debut tour of sarah slippers company um from portland oregon they've been around about 10 years they've worked with choreographers the world around Um, and are a pretty spectacular, um, American company founded by a Canadian woman, Sarah Slipper. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, they, they've never toured to Canada before. So it's, it's really, um, coming full circle for her.
0: Great. Yeah. Cool. Sounds like a lot.
1: Thanks, everyone, for listening and uh, tweeting. We got a lot more Facebook and Twitter followers uh, over the festival, so thank you so much. I hope you keep listening and keep enjoying. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Please review us on iTunes. Leave your comments. Tell us what you thought about the dances. Tell us what you thought about um, us and our commentary. Oh, God, what do you think of us? Tell us what (laughs) you think of us.
0: We really, oh, we need this. We need this. (laughs) Great.
1: Yeah, so again, uh, thanks everyone. And thanks, Paul. Good weekend. Good weekend. Thanks, Fonda. Way to go.
0: Great work. Bye. Bye. I Don't Get It was recorded live as part of the Expanse Movement Art Festival at the ATB Arts Barns.
1: It was recorded and edited by Andrew Paul. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli. And you can check out more about Ghibli and his greatness at Ghibli.bangcamp.com. Weirdos in a tent, just hanging out.